So today is the feast day of St. James's. And so folks that have been at St. James's for many years have heard some of these stories many, many times before. Uh, in fact, Pat, our music director, who's been with us for, what, uh, more than 30 years, uh, he's uh, confessed that he's a little bit tired of hearing the gospel story that I just read for, me, for you. Um, you know, with the, with the famous not to be served, but to serve line in it. Um, so I thought uh, today uh, to sort of maybe take a different tack, uh, I would focus my reflection uh, on the first reading that Jeremy led for us today from the book of Jeremiah. Honestly, it's a story that I haven't thought much about before, uh, if at all, and I certainly haven't preached about it, but it's sort of an interesting one. Um, now, the reason we hear this story is because it's sort of, a, on some level, a story about sacrifice and about uh, life being hard, um, because St. James, our patron saint, um, was uh, the first apostle to be martyred. We see, we hear that he was martyred uh, in the book of Acts. Um, and so both of our, both the gospel as well as uh, this, the first reading are about uh, life being hard sometimes for people that follow God. Um, but it's, it's definitely a different kind of take, uh, this, this reading. Um, uh, so you probably, if, you, if you're hearing it for the first time or if you haven't really thought much about it, didn't quite get what was going on with it. Um, I certainly didn't when I first read it. Um, so I had to sort of go back and try to figure out what the story was about. So what it is, it comes in the book of Jeremiah. And, you know, Jeremiah is... Uh, a bit of a doom and gloom prophet. He's preaching to the people of Judah uh, just before the Babylonian exile was to happen that things are about to fall apart. And so throughout the book of Jeremiah, he's there are moments of hopefulness, um, but a lot of it is things are getting messed up and they're pretty bad and bad things are coming. And so um, what happens in this particular chapter, this particular moment, because um, actually that short reading was actually the whole chapter, um, Jeremiah turns from sort of prophesying to the whole uh, people of Judah and starts prophesying directly to his scribe, directly to this man Baruch, who's been recording the things he's been saying. Um, and in what arguably could be called the, uh, the worst supervision session between a boss and a communications staff person in history, um, uh, Jeremiah says to Baruch the following. He says, Do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. For I am going to bring disaster upon all flesh, says the Lord. But I will give you your life as a prize of war in every place to which you may go. Basically, Jeremiah is telling Baruch, Don't make any big plans for yourself because everything is falling apart. The best you can hope for is to just survive. Now, it's not exactly the most cheery moment of hope and expectation in the Bible. And yet I think it's worthwhile to name that this is one of the voices that gets shared in the scriptures. It's certainly not the only one. There certainly are other places where there is more optimism and more, and more joy and more sense of God's goodness. Uh, for us Christians, of course, that's our chief uh, biblical story of from which we can draw hope is 
the resurrection of Jesus, that out of death, God could always bring new life. Out of times of darkness and pain, God can always bring something new that is good. Um, but it's also worth not ignoring the voice of Jeremiah, who says that sometimes in this world, it's just plain hard. His message, at least on face value, isn't too terribly positive and rah-rah, but this is also a voice found in our biblical canon. The scriptures don't say just one thing. Just like our human experience, the scriptures are complicated and complex and even sometimes contradictory. Hope and hardship. God making things right and God letting hard things happen. Joy and lamentation. It's all there. The Bible's just as messy as our lives are. But as I sat with this Jeremiah Baruch story, uh, a few things occurred to me that maybe at least I had missed when I first read it. Um, the first, I want to go back to that line that I read earlier. Um, do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. In our world of self-help and self-actualization, and in our world where we have to have our strategic goals and our plans so we can, you know, so we can mark our successes, uh, often we not only do that sort of thing to be able to sort of hold ourselves accountable, but also to have a sense of self-worth. Um, my sense of how good a person I am is measured by my ability to, to progress and to have sort of measurable goals and successes that I can name not only for those beyond me, but for myself. Um, and so in that vein, um, Jeremiah's words uh, to not seek great things for yourself maybe are a bit of a relief, a bit of a, of a, a word of freedom. A lot of us, um, you know, are the overly motivated types, the, the go-getters, you know, the overachievers. Um, many of us uh, don't feel free to drop balls that we're juggling, even when we find ourselves in pandemics. Um, and so to us, I think Jeremiah, or maybe God speaking through Jeremiah says, it's okay to let go of some of that stuff. You're not doing anyone any favors, not yourself or those around you, if you try to do everything. You can let some of those things go at this time and not feel guilty about it. Do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. Another thing occurred to me this week, and this is maybe more silly than helpful, but I'll, but I'll share it. Um, uh, so, on face value, at least to me anyways, the idea that God's promise to Baruch is just to survive, it struck me as kind of underwhelming. You know, God, if the best you offer me is survival, that's not all that great. Um, but maybe I'm shortchanging what survival is a little bit. The story that came to me here, and this is where it gets a little silly, I guess, um, is I, I'm flashback to my senior year of college. Um, I was writing a thesis uh, in my, so I was in my dorm room a lot of the time, and unsurprisingly, the walls uh, were paper thin. Um, 
And so right next to my uh, dorm room was a suite uh, that was known uh, by the group that, of that day. Uh, that this is their language then. They called themselves the LGBT suite, um, which at that time was, uh, was the uh, most inclusive language. Um, and the LGBT suite, um, seemingly every time I sat down to try to write something about my thesis, decided that was the time to turn on the music. And so uh, quite often when I'd be trying to do my, uh, my work, uh, the walls would start thumping and it was almost always started with Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Um, so <laughs> my association with that song is uh, just a bit of frustration uh, because I, I really do think my thesis would have been done two weeks earlier had it not been for Gloria. Um, but this is a song that comes to mind for me when I think about what survival is. Um, maybe when God offers us just survival, it's actually a rather precious and wonderful gift. You know, I'm not going to try to sing Gloria Gaynor right now because not only would it be terrible, but I might break the internet. Um, but that song, I Will Survive, you know, it has that energy to it, that loveliness, that sense of, of, of possibility and that sense of protest. To say I will survive and to say that God will enable us to survive, that's something to be proud of. That's something that, that we can energize us and keep us going and to actually lead to more positive things because we have done the amazing thing. Because sometimes it's a pretty amazing to survive. Um, that gets us to that next place, to be, to be more, to do more. And the protest of it is also so important. Um, you know, we're, we're thumbing our noses when we survive, thumbing our noses at all that tries to hold us down in this life, all that tries to take away our wellness and our health, all that tries to uh, keep unjust structures and policies and ways of being uh, in the world and in us um, from holding us down. To say I will survive, to say God will help us and give us this gift for survival, that's actually probably much more significant than I initially thought when I was preparing this sermon. One more thing. Uh, so a few hundred years after the time of Jeremiah and Baruch, um, the Jewish people came to yet another time of oppression at the hands of an empire. Uh, this time it was the Seleucids. Um, and so at that time, um, as their people were being killed, uh, I think it wasn't so much exile as repression and execution, um, uh, the Jewish people wrote a book uh, to give them hope and they called it Baruch. Um, what they did is they sort of imagined uh, what Baruch would have learned in exile when he gave up the great things that, uh, that he had to give up uh, and what he found. Um, and so they wrote this book uh, coming from the voice of Baruch about hope in a time of challenge. Um, and so this, it, it's a really neat scripture text uh, that some Christian traditions, not all, consider part of the Bible. Um, it's a deuterocanonical book. Um, uh, but we often will hear it at Christmas time. It, it sort of slides its way into the Christmas message of Christians because of its language of God bringing something hopeful in, in a time that is hard and dark.
Um, I'm going to wrap up just reading some of the words uh, from this deuterocanonical book of Baruch that um, in our time of exile, um, in, our, in this time we're in now, when we are maybe not exiled from our homes, but we're exiled from our community, we're exiled from much of our family that we can't see, we're exiled from doing the things that give our lives meaning. Um, uh, I w for this, I want to offer these words of Baruch uh, of what good can people in exile can expect. People look east and see that joy that God is coming to you. Look, your children are coming, whom you sent away. They are coming, gathered from east and west. At the word of the Holy One, your children are rejoicing in the glory of God. Take courage, my children. Cry to God, and he will deliver you from the power and hand of the enemy. For I have put my hope in the everlasting to save you. And joy has come to me from the Holy One, because of the mercy that will soon come to you from your everlasting Savior. For I sent you out with sorrow and weeping, but God will give you back to me with joy and gladness forever. For I sent you out with sorrow and weeping, but God will give you back to me with joy and gladness forever.